Steve. What's up, Bailey? How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, buddy. I didn't uh, throw up from drinking too much, uh, so that's good. We uh, we held ourselves off this last uh, this last day off, so going better. You went to New York for Fourth of July. How was that? Oh my god, dude! Absolute blast. The bars there were buzzing. Um, had a lot of fun with uh, my cousins and friends, and then people that I just met who are now my friends. So really sad to be back. Love New York, and I'm ready to kick it with the pod. Yeah, speaking of the pod, we are going to talk about some basketball today, and we needed some help. So I brought in a good friend. His name is Carl. Carl, why don't you go ahead and, uh, I guess I already introduced you, but go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Carl. Uh, I watch a lot of Clippers games, but my Clippers are now out of the playoffs, so we're going to hate watch some Suns and Bucks. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing <laughs> Appreciate with Appreciate the uh, invite. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the same thing with no hockey. Problem. I'm my Golden Knights lost in uh, the semis, much like the Clippers did, and now I gotta. I'm now I'm hate watching hockey, so we're in the same boat. So well, I'm loving it. This is <laughs> gonna be. I, I I'm loving it. But anyways, let's get it going. So we're gonna talk about some basketball today because there's a lot. There's not a lot of hockey to go over, so we wanted to. The NBA Finals hit, so we figured why not talk about that a little bit. We are a sports podcast. We are gonna try to learn and grow, and and I guess this is the first step of getting into basketball a little bit. So, first thing we're going to talk about is during the regular season, the Suns and the Bucks, who are the two teams in the finals, for people who do not know. Uh, they met twice in the regular season, and the games were decided by one point, and both teams, uh, and both games went to the Suns. I guess I was supposed to ask you about this, but did you find any stats, any, any interesting stats from those games, Carl? Or is that just kind of, you muted yourself when you went to speak there. My bad. <laughs> I found that in the first meeting they had earlier in the season, Giannis had 47 points wow. with 17 free throws made, and they lost that game by one, of course, you said, with the rest of his team contributing a fair amount. But you also got 30 points from uh, Devin Booker. You got 28 from Chris Paul. They had some great production from the rest of their team. And even in the second game, they had – Four players uh, get about 20 points. Same with the uh, with the Bucks. Giannis had 33. Chris Middleton had 26. Uh, Drew Holiday had 25. Their big three contributed, but they didn't have very much else. And that it game went like, to overtime. It seemed like team efforts all around for both games, except for Giannis maybe Absolutely. a little bit more in the first. Uh, which kind of makes people believe that the Suns are going to win this series, from what I can tell, from all the research that I've done. Uh, if you look at all the Sports Illustrated... I looked through the Sports Illustrated article with all the analysts, and literally every single analyst except for Jeremy Wu says the Suns are going to win. Uh, do you think... Do you think it would be different if Giannis was was healthy, or do you think the Suns are still just like on a, on a tear and they're, they're going to win either way? I think the Suns are just better than the Bucks. I don't have much confidence in the Eastern Conference nowadays, but even with a healthy Giannis, he still has uh, his free throw struggles. He still doesn't have a consistent jumper from the three-point shot or the mid-range, and the Suns are just rolling. It's just seeming like their year. So I, I do think even with Giannis being injured, he's the Suns are just them to this uh, this year. And. Before we started, we talked about how the Suns were kind of 
a surprise team. And do you want to talk about that a little bit? How how they? Oh just, yeah, it's it feels random, but maybe. But you obviously have more insight than I do. So all throughout, when we were in middle school and high school, the Suns were absolute buns. They were the <laughs> Phoenix buns. It it just was what it was. They hadn't made playoffs in ten years, and then uh, in the NBA bubble last year during COVID. They won their last eight games, but still missed the playoffs. And then they got Chris Paul, and it seems like they started rolling. He sparked Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton to be better players, and now they're the second seed, and he pushed them all the way to the final. So it's a surprise, but at the same time, not really. One of those things where you see them playing well in the regular season, and you can kind of tell it's a different team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They didn't start off too hot. I think they started off when I looked at like eight and seven. But then they they hit a win streak and they caught a flow and yeah they found rhythm. It's hard to well, stop a team that's, so, that's rolling. Go what ahead. I've noticed about basketball is like a lot of times uh, a lot of these teams like since there's only five guys in the court at a time and a lot of times guys don't even guys from the bench maybe play like what fifteen minutes mm-hmm. if they're like you know if they're like the second team going in it, it seems like it seems like you know one player has a bigger impact than other sports like football or hockey or or, or like soccer, something where it's uh, more guys are involved all the time. You know, where in basketball, you, you know, if you get one guy who's a missing piece of the puzzle, it can really turn around a team. So, you know, maybe getting Chris Paul was was really the uh, a major X factor for this team success. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Going off, I'm just going off what you were saying, and I'm going off my own knowledge of sports. So, um, there are uh, there are certain players that are like they'll get pushed by a star player and then they don't respond the way they should. But with Chris Paul, DeAndre Aiden has said Chris Paul was what he needed in his career. He's He said that he needed that push, that, that big brother that was going to tell him, you're you're better than this, and you can go out and win a game. Same with Devin Booker. He's He pushes players, and I know as a Clippers fan what he's capable of doing with when healthy. Yeah. So it's not just a good That's player, but also – like a mentor figure, someone who can that the team can kind of rally around mm-hmm. and, and build off. Well, the yeah. on-court leadership and the off-court leadership. He's even right now. I have the finals on, and he's in the timeout. He went to Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden. He just put his forehead to their forehead. He, so it's just the he's like he just seemed to be the perfect guy for the situation. Absolutely, that's always nice when that happens. I mean, team chemistry is always important in any sport. How well a team can mesh together, and if they all can can agree on on their goals and and just work and mesh well together. That always creates a better team. Uh, speak. We talked about uh, Steve. You talked about the bench a little bit and how how they don't get to play that often, but they are a factor. And I just wanted to ask Carl if who who's the better who's the better bench out of these two teams in the postseason right now. I do think the Phoenix Suns have the better bench. They have production out of dudes like Cameron Johnson, who came out of uh, North Carolina. He wasn't expected to be like this, but right now he is going. I think against the Clippers, he had a game where he didn't miss a shot. His three-point shot is flowing. They have Cameron Payne, who, when Chris Paul had COVID for the first two games last series, he stepped up and gave them 30 points off the bench. or or, Excuse me, he was in a starting role. And even right now off the bench, he's doing fairly well. And they also have Dario Sarge who can come in and stretch the floor. They're getting good production out of Jay Crowder. 
who ha- is the only player in this finals right now who has finals experience. Oh, wow. So I do, I do think they are doing far better than the Bucks. Do you often see kind of swings of momentum when when you see the bench go against each other? Does that happen very often, or is it more of just kind of like the keeping the points where they're at type of situation? So it's swings of momentum. What do you mean by that? Uh, like sometimes the bench goes in and one just outscores the other by a by a large margin. Oh. You can like kind of shift you know the whole game. Does that happen oh, yeah. often, you... or are they just usually just against each other? Usually get the same amount of points. It does happen very often. You you want that in playoff basketball, having that depth is a game changer. It takes you from having to run a eight man rotation to being able to run a ten man rotation, which gives you more more star power. Your star power more rest and allows them to come in and continue what they were doing in the first half. So with the Bucks, their bench they don't have very good bench play production. Whereas the Suns can bring in a whole fresh four or five, give their stars rest, and then they can come back in and continue and, like you said, swing that momentum their way. It seems very much that that depth is so much more important than people seem to realize in a lot of sports, especially in, I would say, basketball and hockey. Because you talk about, uh, I'm going to talk about hockey for a little bit. You know, you have your top two lines, you're usually your best players, and you have those bottom two lines. And you can have, like, grinders that just like get to the net and just get these just the term is grindy goal where they just fight in front of the net and just get the puck in and if you have a lot of those guys on your team i mean it's insane how many goals a fourth line can score and shift the whole game especially when the top line isn't able to score much like in the golden knight series but our depth (laughs) isn't as good so we didn't get that it's more of the islanders but anyway and same thing with, like, uh, I would say baseball. You have your pitchers. You can have a star pitcher, but if there's no one behind them, I mean, who's going to who's be there? You're losing a lot. It's a seven-game series. You can't pitch every game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Depth yeah. is so important in sports, and the depth players don't seem to get enough respect as the stars. Obviously, the stars are who they are. They are stars. But a lot of respect to the, to the depth players out there. Well, Absolutely. You get get production out of dudes like Tory Craig who guys that don't watch the sport would be like who is that I don't even know what team he plays on I don't even know what number he plays on I couldn't pick him out of a lineup but he's very good off of the bench for them uh defensively for the Suns that is I've heard people talk a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of smack to people to depth players on championship teams and there's like oh you didn't even lay you weren't even a part of it you're a depth guy and it's like shut the fuck up you don't even know anything like, give that man some respect. He's obviously one of the top players in the sport to even be on the team in the first place. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like when people are like, oh, that, that quarterback's trash. It's like he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Like, are you kidding me? It's, just, it's the same kind of deal. It's crazy. I can give you a quote from a, an older player. His name is Brian Scalabrini. In the NBA 2K games, he had one of the worst overalls in its history. And people will continuously tell him he's trash. He was on a championship team in 2008, I believe, with the Celtics. And man's got a ring. He wore, yeah, he's got a ring. He's got a championship. He was he played 11 years in the league, and people still call him trash. And the way, what he tells people is, I'm closer to LeBron than you are to me in terms of skill. That's a great That's true. quote. That's a great quote. A, 
phenomenal quote. It's like, you guys, you want to say these guys suck. It's like, yeah, they suck compared to other professionals. When they come to your gym, they will look like a superstar. He'll make you look like a child. <laughs> Absolutely. He's still 6'9", 250. Yeah, I love it, dude. The disrespect to, to some of these players, it's insane. All right. I'm going to try to, I'm going to get us back on track here. Speak, you know, we're going to talk about some of the top players. So you talked about earlier how the Suns have a three-headed attack. Who are, who are those three? Who are, their, who are their guys? The Suns' three-headed monster is Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. You have Chris Paul. He's a six-foot guard that's played 16 years in the league. Devin Booker has one of the highest-scoring games in the league. He's got 70 points, and he's only like 24. And DeAndre Ayton is a, is a baby shack to me. 6'11", 250, mobile. He can spread the floor a little bit. And he's, he's a beast. very, he's a, very much a beast, yeah. Very much a beast. Exposed um, my Clippers in the in the paint. Exposed. <laughs> All right. And then who are the who are the top guys for the Bucks? Obviously we have Giannis. Uh, and then who else? The Bucks also have a little baby three-headed monster. They have Chris Middleton. He's a, an all-star in his own right. Of course, you said Giannis, and then they have Drew Holiday, who is uh, known for being a one of the best two-way players in the league. He's a a six-four point guard who can defend very well, and as well as shoot the ball. He's coming out of UCLA, and this is his first time being in the in the finals as well. Of course, he's he's been stepping up somewhat in these playoffs. He has he's had a couple very, very bad games, but he's been solid for the most part. Okay. Now, we've also had some injuries in these playoffs. Uh, obviously, Giannis has his injury, but he's playing tonight. Do you, do you think this is a situation where he he's playing through the injury? Like, he's gotten the, like, uh, like you're okay, but I'd probably rest it. But he's just like, nah, I'm going to play. I don't care. Do you think it's that situation? Oh, absolutely. He's absolutely playing through it. He's been a – he was a game-time decision today. He was listed as doubtful yesterday, and then today – it was upgraded to questionable. As we're talking right now, he just went to plant and explode off of his leg for a layup, and he didn't get as much lift as he usually would. But, hey, it's the finals. you got to do what you need to do. How far along is that game? Right now we're in the, we're in the fourth quarter. The, on my end, it's 83-96 to 96 Phoenix with 8 minutes and 58 seconds left. You may not know this answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Does he has he had less time this game? Are they bench? Are they sitting him a little bit more, or is he or is he like full full going? It does look like he is getting his normal rotation, but he's also not uh he's not playing too hot. I don't think they're they're relying on him offensively as much. Like they just put up his graphic right now, and he has fourteen points. Uh, That's are you talking about Giannis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's played twenty seven minutes, whereas Middleton has played thirty six, and Holiday's played thirty two. And PJ they'll usually twenty eight. So they'll usually run Giannis about thirty five minutes a game, thirty six minutes a game. <clears throat> okay. Okay. So it's definitely there's definitely some effect. Hopefully he gets. I mean, for I think for any sports fan, you hope you hope that you know full healthy team versus full healthy team. You just want to see a good series. So that's mm-hmm. literally like the only reason I would want Giannis to be fully healthy for this series because I I couldn't care either way who wins this. But I mean. For just good sports, you always want to see, you always want to see the full health uh, players go at it. 
Box have played pretty well this fourth quarter, though. I mean, it seemed like it was a little out of reach, but now they're only down by 13, so. Mm-hmm. We'll see, we'll see. All right, it looks like the last thing I got here is, is your prediction, man. Who do you think is going to win and how many games? I do think the Phoenix Suns win it in six games. They have home court for this series as they had the better record. Uh, the Bucks are going to have to struggle to get shots up, but, I mean, they're they're doing it. But the, the Suns just look like they have the skill. They have more, the depth. They have the skill. Any one of those those three headed monster players can give you forty in a in a game. They have the the best bench production. Jay Crowder can come out and give you twenty. Mikael Bridges on the bench can give you twenty. It's just, it's just I don't see that from the Bucks. I think the Phoenix Suns have it. All right, it's within nine now. Oh <laughs> man, this shit's getting good. <laughs> We're gonna let you watch uh, watch the rest of the game in peace. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for. Uh for kind of explaining a lot of basketball because I, I did not know a lot of this before we started. Yeah. I did I did some research, but you definitely have brought a another level to the basketball knowledge that me and Steve just wouldn't have had. So thank you for coming on and, and talking to us about basketball for a little bit. Yeah, we appreciate it a lot. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you guys, and I'll, I'll leave with you this little tidbit. The, uh, the Phoenix Suns have never won a title in their franchise history. The Milwaukee Bucks, last time they've won a title was in 1971. That is so far away, so far long ago, that 1971 was the year the Phoenix coach was born. They haven't won since the Phoenix Suns coach was born. They only have one in their entire existence. So this is going to be a good finals, and whoever wins, they're making some good history. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, for the first time in my life, I'm going to watch an NBA finals. Not the first time, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> One of the very few times I've, I'm going to be watching an NBA final. Thank you for being on, Carl, and uh, I'll, we'll talk to you later, all right? Yes, sir. I appreciate the invite. Take care. Man. All right, Steven. It's great talking to him, man. That was... Yeah, no, that was great because uh definitely got a little bit more of insight on what's going on. I mean, we play 2K, and that's about the uh, extent of what we know about basketball. Um, without obviously knowing like the big guys and the, and the big teams and everything, um, that was pretty cool. I mean, that, that got me excited to watch this series. <clears throat> I mean, oh dude, this game is really good. I don't know if you have it on. I suggest putting it on the last seven minutes. It's really, really good. All right, and then uh, we're we're gonna switch gears and we're gonna go into you know our expertise. We're gonna go into hockey, and I'm pumped up, man. Oh, yeah, I just turned on the NHL stream instead of the NBA. <laughs> That's not going to work. Uh, so let's so hop what, in. What do you think? Of, what do you think about the series so far, as a whole? I mean, the Lightning are. It feels like the Lightning are dominating, just based off of like, uh, off of the score, <laughs> and it's four. It's three to one. So I mean, obviously, you got to think that the Lightning are dominating. But I really think the Lightning have only dominated like one game of this series, and it was game. Uh, what was it? Game three. Yeah, game. See, that, I think that's this... a problem though, because Montreal is is not nearly as skilled as as Tampa. And when it comes to the goalie goaltending battle, they're two of the best goalies in the world. So it's not like Tampa has a weaker goalie and that you know Carey Price will carry. I mean, Carey Price has to be on his game 
for the rest of the series for Montreal just to have a chance. I just have a chance to to maybe come back. And the problem is but, when when Price is on top of his game, so is Vasilevsky. Like it's not like yeah, it's not like if he plays amazing that the other like it's a guaranteed win because Vasilevsky also plays amazing. So you like Carey Price needs to play like his game and do what he does, but he also needs his offense to come in and score on Vasilevsky, which is a hard thing to do. Yeah, and I know we're gonna get into it later, but. Dude, that line of um, Suzuki, Caulfield, and Anderson is so much fun to watch. You got those two young guns, and you have Anderson, who's such a pest. He's just doing all the little things. That man's been clutch recently, by the way. Dude, he has. And if if that line can keep rolling, like just make that the first line because they were buzzing last night. That line can keep rolling. That that gives Montreal a little bit more of a, I guess – a little bit more of a burst, a little boost uh, to their to the caliber of the skill of the team. I mean, that, that line is playing well. They have to keep it up. Yeah. I mean, I've actually – I haven't enjoyed the series that much, mainly because my team's not in it, and that makes me sad. <laughs> also, it's an absolute blowout right now. It's hey, a shit show. I mean, it sucks to see a team go down 3-0 three to, three to zero in a Stanley Cup final. Yeah. I mean, the only – I mean, you. I want it to go to seven games, obviously. I mean, how sick would it be if the Canadians got the reverse sweep to win it? That would be the ultimate storybook ending. It would be the miracle of ice, too. Honestly, dude, I wouldn't even care if they got the reverse sweep. I mean, yes, that'd be cool. But I would just be more than happy if it just went to seven games no matter what. Because then at least like, if Tampa wins in seven, you get more hockey, and then you get to see a team raise a cup on home ice, which is always a cool experience to watch. Oh, absolutely. So, that would be pretty neat. Um, just the way hockey's been going recently over the past decade, the away team tends to win, and I could just see Montreal winning tomorrow and then losing in game six on home ice. And that would and be it's just your... being a bad game, too. Like, I don't know why. I just could see it. That would make your prediction of lightning in six correct. Yeah, it would still make me sad, though, if it was a crappy Bro, game. We went 3-0 in my seven-game prediction. I literally was just like, well, that's not happening. <laughs> It can still happen, though. You're still in play. Yeah, it's true. It can still technically happen, but the my odds uh, certainly went down. Let's uh, let's go into the games and and see what what's going on. So game one, you had Palat getting a pass into the zo- uh, into the zone, and he skates to the left side while Sna- uh, Chernak goes to the middle, and Palat sends the pass to Chernak, and he just deflects it. And it goes top right into uh, Overprice's uh, glove. Did you see yeah, this goal? Dude. Yeah, dude, it was unreal. Uh, it was Chernak like literally. It was an unbelievable redirection. Um, That's about happened like what it. four minutes into the game or whatever. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful pass, beautiful finish. Um, there wasn't much Price could do. I mean, as a defenseman, you maybe get your stick in the lane, but that was just a beautiful setup in all honesty. Yeah, I mean, it was a perfect pass, perfect uh, deflection. I mean, it was, it couldn't have gotten any better for the Lightning there. It couldn't have gone better for, for Chernak. Is it Chernak? <laughs> I think it's something like that. Who cares? That guy's name. He needs a new one. <laughs> uh, then we have Sherratt. Sherratt kind of was making some some moves Dude. in this game because he had a huge hit on Goudreau. I, I I saw it and I had to just I had to write it down because that thing looked insane. He he's been the most overlooked player I think for Montreal in the whole playoffs. 
This guy is not only leading his team in time on ice, but out of like both teams left in the in the finals, he's still leading. Like I think he's averaging like twenty five and a half minutes a game. Hey, that's a lot of ice time, and they're relying on him a lot. And he's you know he may not be the most pretty offensively, but in his own end, dude, the guy shuts people down. He gets in people's faces. As you can say, he's very physical. Um, he he's he's awesome to watch too. I love watching him get into it after the whistle too. It, it, it I think it for them it helps them because they need to do as much as they can to get Tampa off their game. He's a he's a good defenseman who's also just physical. Like you, that's what you love to see. And yes, those guys don't get a lot of credit, so it's nice to give them some. Uh, he also got a good slap shot. It hit off the post. It was really close. And he does get a goal later on, but we'll talk about that after after this. Uh, Goudreau took a sh- uh, tries to get a shot, but it's blocked by a defenseman. And Coleman just kind of picks it up right where you know it where it hits the ice, and it's in the middle of the ice. So he takes it and just takes a shot immediately, and it goes in on the right side. It was like mid level. It was a it was a good shot. I mean, it it was right place, right time, and he was able to get a good shot in. Was that the one that ricocheted off someone in front? I can't remember. No, it was it was like more uh, the like it was at middle of the ice, more towards the blue line. He just kind of took a shot and it hit off of like the defender's leg that was in front of him, and it just like stopped all momentum, and it kind of just stopped in the middle of the ice. But good, well, good job by Coleman to see that and take the shot. I mean, it was a good shot. Now we can go back to to Sherratt, and he actually takes a slap shot. It goes off of two Lightning players and goes in. Like, it, I had to watch it like seven times, and there wasn't even a really a good angle of it, and I still don't really know what happened. It look he got the goal, and there were two Montreal players in between, and they didn't touch it. But it definitely got deflected twice. So it, it looks it went off of two lightning players, and he got a goal off of it. By the way, I'd like to say before we keep moving, this Yanni Gord did get credit for that goal. That's what I thought. Boy Coleman took the shot, but did ricochet off Yanni Gord in front of the net. He didn't get the goal though, because he's a defender. Yanni Gord? No, no, on on Tampa. What are you talking about? On the last goal, on the on one the on Boy Coleman's. On Blake Coleman's. No way. Yeah. Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman shot it and they, it ricocheted off of uh of Yanni Gore's leg. Yeah. No, no, I mean I got it wrong when I first watched the goal. I was like I was like, Oh, nice shot by Coleman. My dad actually saw the, the redirection and I thought he was I thought he was it like did go to Gord. Wow. Yeah, dude, ricocheted off him right in front of that. Right, I was well, just almost off sure of that, Sorry. Sorry yeah. people. Sorry, Yanni no, fans. I dude, apologize. I would not have known that unless they had said it during the game. They're like, "Oh, that goal went to Yanni Gord." I was like, "Oh shit!" And I just checked the box score. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, we're back. Yanni Gord got the second goal of the game for the Lightning. Sherrod gets the third. Uh, gets the first goal of the game for the Habs. We're back on track. Yeah. All right. Next, we have Kucherov sending a backhand. You. This goal was insane. Kucherov's in a backhand towards the net. I don't even think it was a shot. I think he was just sending it over there to like just see what'll happen, and it was the right fucking choice because it bounces off of a Canadian defender and Palat just hits it out of the air and puts it in the net. It was yes. It was a yeah, was... sick goal from Palat. 
Absolutely. Um, that was when I think a lot of momentum kind of drifted away from Montreal because right after that, Kucherov cashes in on one and um, really makes life a lot more miserable for, for the Canadians. So, so um, but that, that they didn't even have a lot of shots that period, I don't think, at least for the first 10 minutes. And they cashed in on like two of their shots in the first, like, yeah, it, 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 they didn't have a lot. So, this is that was the first goal of the third period. So, going into the third period, it's two to one. I'd like to mention because this game gets out of hand, but it it was a close game up until this point, and this is where the Lightning take over. But the third period from the Lightning was just insane, and it made this game the score that it is. And the Lightning just did definitely dominate. Yeah. yeah, but it was a much better game in those first two periods. I just wanted to mention. Uh, yeah, I mean. Dude, a lot of what I noticed when I was watching this game is Montreal's not building enough momentum or yeah, Montreal's not building up enough momentum going through the neutral zone with the puck. Like their zone entries, like they couldn't even skate the puck into the zone. They they were forced to chip it, at least those first two periods. I know the game got out of hand in the third. But a lot of their issues lied in the first period and, and even a little bit in the second, where they just could not get the puck moving north down the ice. They were either too tired from Tampa dominating in their end and they had to just chip it in and get off, or they were trying to skate down the ice and Tampa was back-checking, applying pressure, and they just couldn't get anything going. And, Lightning, you know, eventually they catched up to you. Yeah, they're proving they're the better team right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not surprised. But I did like the, the closeness of the game in the first two periods. Uh, next goal is a face-off, and Kucherov uh, takes the, the face-off win. Skates to the middle of the ice and just snipes it top right on uh, on Price. Yeah, nothing Price could do. Kucherov, you let him right in the middle of the ice like that. Nothing needs to be said. He's gonna score that nine out of ten times, as any as most of these goal scorers will. Especially guys like Kucherov, like they, they can put the puck wherever they want, and you can't even blame Price. That was such a nice shot. Yeah. Then you have a power play. Uh, Kucherov's at the top of the ice, sends it to the bottom left uh, of the ice towards the uh, bottom of the faceoff circle, and Stamkos just takes the one tee and puts it on the top left side. And it it goes over Carey Price, and that's goal number, what, five? Five, yeah. It was, I mean, that game was just out of hand. Montreal started taking stupid penalties. They were getting upset, very rattled, and... Tampa, I mean, I noticed uh, when they started that power play, I think it was when they started the five on three, they put five forwards on the ice. And I think they wanted to just spit in Montreal's face and say, look, we're we're going to just put another one on you. We're just going to score another goal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. Game one was – it wasn't bad until the later – the second half of the third. That's when it really got carried away. But, um, you know, Montreal just needs to keep their heads, I think, you know, I would have said this after game one, but moving forward, they have to keep their heads or else they're not going to be looking good. So, yeah. uh, Did you notice a name that you didn't hear this game? Who? Your boy. Oh, Point. So point, dude. Yeah, let me, let me. I got this, all right? Okay. We didn't say his name, but he has three assists this game. He had three. <laughs> and I guess they're all secondary assists because they usually don't talk about the, the secondary assists unless they do something like pretty good. I'm Unless sure he, it, like it's yeah, impressive. except for the Kucherov goal where he went off the face off right back to him. That yeah. was the only primary he had. So 
I mean, Point still got three assists that game, so he's definitely still a force, and he still is getting his points. It's usually just a goal, but this time he gets the assists. And Kucherov got two goals and an assist all in that third period. <clears throat> so Kucherov just hit the third period and was like, we're going to win the hockey game. <laughs> I don't I know like if he's it. Russian or not, but I... He is. It's a standard in, for me, just to make everyone Russian. It's just way more fun to do it that way. It's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Let's let's go into game two. Uh, this game was was not great for the Canadians uh, yet again, but, <laughs> but this is uh, probably the best game they played the whole series. This was a game of mistakes that, that were defined by mistakes from the Canadians, in my opinion. I think this game would be a lot different if these two mistakes. Uh, didn't happen and we'll talk about him but first let's talk about Sorelli who gets a pass from jo- uh, from Johnson and takes a shot from the blue line and he goes through like a four-man screen and hits the side of the pad of, of uh, Price and then bounces in the net like under his arm it was really yeah. it was really weird how it happened but you could tell like he just saw the puck was on his right side and he was like fuck I gotta go over there and it just Unfortunate. It was for a him. cheesy goal. It was yeah. a cheesy goal. I mean, there wasn't much to it. He just threw it from the point. Uh, sometimes that's what you got to do, and it, it worked out for them. But it wasn't anything too crazy. It wasn't anything pretty. It was just, it was greasy. It was from the point. It shouldn't have even happened. Um, that's for Montreal. If you're in front of the net, you got to block it. You know, you either block the shot or you got to waste your goal. You can see it. And they did neither and ends up in the back of net. Uh, I'm going to mute when that happened. I, my game froze and I had to refresh and the audio came back on. Oh, I didn't even hear it. So. Yeah, but I'm going to have to mute it in the in the recording because the recording definitely heard it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Nick Suzuki gets the next move. Uh, he's in the middle of the ice and he's just kind of skating to the left side and he's being very patient with the puck. And when he just gets past the defender who has his stick down, he takes a backhand. And it's bouncing along the ice, and I think I don't know what happened. I this is a guess for me, but I think I don't know. Either. I think Vasilevsky thought someone was gonna hit it. Like there were so many opportunities for someone to hit that puck with a stick that he did not think it was gonna go five hole. That it, or he just didn't see it. Like those are my two. It emotions. was one of the worst goals I've ever seen Stanley Cup history. Like literally one of the worst goals. I've never seen anything like that. That was so bad. Like. I really thought when that went in, Montreal is going to take this game. They, like, when that goes in, I mean, Vasilevsky up to that point had, like, 20-some saves. It was, like, what, was it second period, I believe? I think it was. Maybe it was still the first. I can't remember. But regardless, I was like, there's no way that Tampa's just going to keep rolling after this Vasilevsky. Like, that has to be in his head. And like, demoralizing. It was yeah, second but he, period, by the way. He continued to play like a beast, dude. And I really thought that's when when that happened that Montreal was looking good. But yeah. I mean, it's a credit to the, to goalies who can forget about those things really quickly. Like the, the, if you can do that, I mean, that's another like trait of a good goalie is being able to forget your mistakes and just continue to play your game. Yeah. Next goal. This one was. This one had to be the momentum shifter, the heartbreaker. <coughs> I'm going to just tell you about the goal, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit something after. So, Montreal's trying to clear the puck out of the zone, and I didn't write it down, 
Uh, oh, McDonough. McDonough gets the puck and is able to get it to Gaudreau, who move, who gets past the defender, just like forces his way through. Ben Sherratt. Ben Sherratt played played that horribly, horribly. Yeah. Terrible so, angle. So but, Gaudreau whatever. gets through, and as he's going up the ice, he has Coleman on the other side. He sends it to the back door, and Coleman diving whacks at the puck and gets it in with 0.3 seconds left in the period. That has to be uh, a, a momentum killer for the Canadians. Like that's that's the worst goal you can let in right there. Um and the timing too, you'd never want to let up a goal in the last 2 minutes of a period because carries over to the next one a lot of times and that yeah, that that goal was sick, though. It was. I mean, besides Sherratt taking probably one of the worst angles I've ever seen an NHL defenseman take on Goudreau, that allowed him to just walk right down Main Street. It's funny because feed it back door. We were just praising him. <laughs> we were just saying how good he is. Yes, but that play there, it was horrible. Uh, but happen. Blake Coleman, good players. I don't know what that guy is eating, but I want some of it. That guy is he. He just flew. He looked like a. He looked like an eagle flying, flying across the ice. He just dove and just batted it right in. It, it was incredible. It was incredible. An absolute madman. I mean, I mean, there's not much else to say about it, man. That's a momentum shift. It sucks for the Canadians. You can't let that happen. You were going Sick into the goal, third bro. period one to one, and you needed one goal to win. Now you need one to tie, two to win, and it just changes the whole aspect of the third period for you. And then the next goal is is arguably even worse. So Edmondson's behind. Yeah, just... <laughs> Edmondson's behind the net, and he tries to like pass it back, and he like bounces it off the boards, and and Palat is able to get there first, and he just he just takes that he just hits he takes his shot as soon as he touches that puck, and he gets it past Price. And I mean, you can't blame Price. That's. It's not his fault at all. It's it's Edmondson trying to do whatever he was doing. I mean, I get, I get trying to get a pass out, but there was no pressure. No, like you could have. He didn't look. <laughs> you. It's just a bad play, and it just really sucks for the, for the Canadians who were playing really well this game. Blind pass right to the other team, and your defensive end. Five five minutes left in the game. That is a huge no no. You don't do that. That is. Uh, Something that he's not going to forget about. I mean, I, I hope he did now, but you know that's something he's he definitely slept on at night, thinking, "Damn it, I might I just screwed myself, or I just screwed my team in that series, um, or in that game at least." Um, but yeah, I mean, Palat, just right place, right time, capitalized on a stupid error from Montreal, and there you go, three to one, they end up winning the game. And no disrespect to Lightning, obviously they play a great game. They be, they have been playing great games. Every game so far, the Lightning have been able to just keep pushing. And they don't run out of gas. They just don't. And it seems like the, the, the Canadians are. Like, the Lightning don't give a fuck. They're just like, you know what? Who gives a shit? We're just going to keep so playing good. our game, and we're going to keep just pushing. They're, they're an amazing team. It's... <sighs> They went back to back. I mean, no one's surprised. I think in the beginning, I'm people not. were saying they were going back to back. Like, it's an insane team. Let's go to game three. This is the one where I think the, the Lightning dominated the, the hardest. And 
<laughs> there's a lot of goals this game, so let's let's. This just... is where you think that there's going to be a sweep. This yes, is where this... you think there's going to be a sweep. You see, that after this game, you go, "Yep, Canadians are fucked." Even if it wasn't three to zero, I think if this was the second game, you'd be like, oh, "Canadians are probably screwed." Uh, but game three, let's go. Palat sends the has the puck and he sends it. Uh, like Palat sends the puck at the top right of the blue and sends it. He has oh, fuck, dude. He sends it across. Hey, reset, you, reset, reset. Palat's at the top <laughs> left, and he sends it to the right. A D to D pass to Ruda who sends an absolute snipe to the top left. And there's a four-person screen in front of Price. So, I mean, it's hard for him to see, but it was an absolute beauty of a shot either way. Yeah, it didn't even look that hard. It looked like he just kind of sailed it on that. And it was just perfect accuracy and just went right under the bar. I don't know what Price is doing. I feel like that's something Price could should stop. But, again, I mean, this, you know, that's that's another time. That's once again they just threw it at the net and it worked. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you stop that. I'm not I'm not enough of a hockey expert to to know other than just get in front of that puck or make a save. Like that's the only thing I can think of. Or don't let them take those shots. You got to be aggressive. But that's the thing. If you go aggressive on the defense, then you have Kucherov, Stamkos, Kalorn, Price or not Price, a uh, point. And they'll just send them up to them and. Then they get to take their shots. So I mean, I think it just sucks to go against the Lightning. <laughs> it does. Yeah, they're so good. Speaking of the Lightning, and they're they have an amazing power play, and they score one on they score one on this power play. Kucherov sends the puck to the t- uh, to the top to Hedman, and he takes a slap shot, where Sorelli created a screen, and the puck goes under uh, Carey Price's glove, and that's a goal for the Lightning. I mean, there's not much to say about that one, really. That was it. Yeah, there really wasn't much. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about a Carey Price save? It was insane to see. So there's a shot on net. Carey Price deflects it off with his blocker. It hits a lightning player, then goes off of Carey Price's skate and starts rolling towards the net. And Carey Price just turns and smacks that shit out of the, out of the area. <laughs> but it goes right to a lightning player, so he has to make another save. It was insane to see. And... It just kind of, it just, I don't know, if you're a Canadian fan, it gives you at least a little hope that Carey Price is still Carey Price, I think. Dude, Carey Price is just doing Carey Price things, except for the entirety of this game. <laughs> except for the rest, <laughs> except for the other four goals that we're going to talk about. Uh, but Deneau uh, decides to give the Canadians a little momentum. He moves up the ice after a deflection from Weber, kind of sends it up the ice, and Deneau is able to take it and keep moving forward. And he just he takes a he takes a shot and he snipes it over Vasilevsky's blocker, and it goes just post and in. It couldn't have been a more perfect shot. Like when it went in the net, it's on the other. It hit the left post and goes just barely on the inside of the right post in the net. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. No, that was a snipe. Um, when you're watching that play unfold, you're thinking, here we go again. Montreal is an odd man rush, and Tampa's just going to skate back and catch him. But no, Deneau, he did the right thing. He took the shot, didn't try to force the pass, and it went in. I mean, that's it's the playoffs. You have to just shoot the puck. You have to shoot the puck more than, than making the extra pass, and that was the right play there. Worked out for him. Then we have one of the longest passes I've ever seen in my life. <clears throat> Cernak is at the bottom right uh, next to the net, next to uh, Vasilevsky's net. He sends it to the top left opposite blue line. 
to uh, to Palat. And he bobbles the pass, and he's just skating up to catch up to it. He gets it, sends it across the crease to Kucherov, who puts it in the net. I mean, that was just... That's just great play all around by the Lightning and not good defense by the Canadians. Puts yeah, I don't in know. a shitty situation. I don't know what Shea Weber was doing, but I don't know if he thought Montreal had a rush going or what. But Tampa, like, had the puck in their own end. It was a broken play. Tampa picked up the puck in their own end, and Shea Weber's inside the offensive zone when they have it on the top of the blue line. And all they had to do is sail it down the ice, and it's a two-on-o. Like, and Chirot, I'm pretty sure Sherratt was coming on from a line change. So you had no one back there. No one, None of the other forwards stayed back. Like, I, I didn't understand what they were trying to do, but it was just so careless, and it's a mistake that very much so cost them uh, the, the whole game after that. So, I mean, at this point, it's three to one, and it's not getting any better. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Next, we have Joseph. He takes a shot on Carey Price, and it gets rebounded, and uh, it gets rebounded off of Joseph's skate after his shot, and it goes back to the middle of the ice where Johnson is there, and he backhands it in the net. That one. I mean, there's a lot of times you're just like, dude, that just sucks for Carey Price. Like, what can you do? There was nothing they did wrong there. Once again, Montreal. They had plenty of guys back-checking that time. As soon as the shot's taken, they're, like, veering off. No one's picking up a, a stick. Entire juncture swings right in and just buries the puck. Like, it's the, 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 the lack of execution by Montreal defensively in this game was just so bad. And that's what led them to lose. It really did. It you know, they, this is the one time that they'll probably be able to score three goals like that against Tampa. I know they scored three in game four, but that was with overtime. It's not easy scoring against this team. Yeah. And they're obviously offensively, like, a powerhouse. You cannot let this team just get those easy goals. Like, it's just it's just embarrassing. That This whole game was embarrassing to watch from a Montreal fan uh, standpoint, in my opinion. It, it, it was kind of – it was cringy. Suzuki, the uh, the lad, decides to take the game in his hands. He gets the puck in the defensive zone, and he just he takes his speed and he goes to the right side and he just fucking goes. He picks up speed, gets a little, he gets like a step on the defender where he can get a shot on. He does. He puts it five hole on Vasilevsky, who's doing like the move where he has like one leg up and like one leg like flat on the ground. You know what I mean? I don't know why goalies do that. It makes it easier for the shooter, but that's and just what I think. Here's the other thing, if it, like, it goes under the pad that's down on the ice. And he lifts it a little bit to, like, adjust to the to the shot. And he ju- lifts it just, just enough for the puck to get underneath it. Like, that was in that was a weird goal. And yeah. I don't know. That was uh, that was a little – that was just a mistake by Vasilevsky. That, you know, it's a rare one. A oh, rare yeah, mistake. for sure. I mean, Suzuki was just trying to shoot it off the pad for a back – like, a rebound. Yeah. Um, and it just ended up working out. And, again, like I said – Put the puck on net. Good things happen. So, Well, Johnson doesn't give a fuck because he takes the puck in the zone in the middle of the ice and he sends a shot on Price. It rebounds. Like, it, it, like I think Price thinks he has it, but it, like, kind of just falls to the ice. He realizes it and tries to, you know, adjust and make a play. But, Johnson, you know, Johnson gets his own rebound. He whacks at it and he gets the puck past him. <clears throat> and it's just an, it's a shitty situation for Price again. Dude, this is the third goal. The second one in a, in a row where both Johnson goals were literally at the fault of the defense. 
He gets a shot. It's like a one-on-two, basically. Yeah. No one took the body on him. No one picked up a stick. The one guy went to net with him. What, what are you doing? You got he's, you. I think you're trying to win, but I guess not. And and Johnson just buried it like relatively easy. And there it, were, it's ugh. and there was a bad Gross. over. It was a bad turnover by Gustafson because he just he sends it. He tries to like pass it out, but he sends it right to Johnson, who's in the like literally the middle of the entire ice, like between the blue lines. And it goes right to him, and then he takes it in, takes his shot, gets that rebound, gets the goal. Bad turnover yeah, and bad defensive play. That was... I think Gustafson was also the one who, like, didn't pick up a stick when he was standing right next to him or a body or, or something, cross-check him. I don't know. You got to do something. That's bad. You can't just let that guy go. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Very, very bad. Great effort by Johnson, though. Don't want to don't wanna take away from his accomplishment. Oh, was, yeah. It's a goal scorer's goal, baby. Yeah, he he did what he was supposed to do, and the Canadians didn't, and he took advantage of it. Good job by Johnson. Uh, empty net with four minutes left. Uh, Corey Perry gets the puck behind the net. He kind of skates out. He gets to about the the bottom of the faceoff circle, and he just sends a fucking oh rocket God. to the top right and goes right over Vasilevsky's shoulder as he's trying to like get his head into the post to cover that hole, and he just puts it there. Like That is such a small gap. That he has to shoot for, and he fucking hits it. They need more of that from him, dude. That was a, that was a snipe. There, like, I don't even know what else to say. That was just such a sick shot. Good for him. I, I there's not. I can't. The only I can't pro- say anything about it. It was so sick. The other problem is too little, too late. Yeah. Well, they scored another one in the empty netter, and then yeah, Coleman gets the empty netter, and that's the end of uh, Game 3. And that was all lightning. And this is where a lot of optimism dives if you want the Canadians to win. But we watch Game 4, we cheer on the Canadians, and let's talk about that. Nick Suzuki, the man, the myth, the legend, the dude I wish was still on my team, still love Pacioretty, can't be too upset. But, wait... Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah, Pat, you got Pacioretty. it. Right. I always fuck up Pacioretty and uh, I can, uh, Petrangelo. I always fuck. I always do that. I always switch their names for some reason. Anyway. Yeah, you got that right. Suzuki takes it behind the net and he gets a great uh, gets a great pass to Anderson back door. Like, did you see this pass? Yes. So like, defensive defenseman is on the ice, like like belly on the ice, stick out, just trying to get in the way of any <clears> pass. <throat> Suzuki is so patient. That is one of the good things about Suzuki. Is he's able to just he. It seems like he's able to slow down the game. Like he, it's not going too fast for him. So, waste that extra second, gets it past the defenseman's stick at like a diagonal angle from behind the net to the back door, where uh, Anderson's there. He takes that and he puts it right in right into the net. It was a great play by Suzuki, and a great goal by Anderson, and it gets them their first lead. In this entire series, this is the first time they've had the lead. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a sick play. I mean that was something they needed. I actually thought when I first watched it that uh, the, that Vasilevsky was going to save that, but it was a great play. Absolutely. Lightning are never out, as we all know. Coleman takes a shot on net and it rebounds. Where McDonough is uh, sends a great pass back to the middle to Gaudreau, who puts it in a wide open net, like. That pass from McDonough was insane. It was, I think it was blind, first of all. But, like, the the shot goes on the right side. It rebounds to the right. 
McDonough just sends it back to the middle, and Goudreau gets a gets an open net. I mean, yet again, it's it's like you've been saying. Go ahead, I'll let you say it. No, I mean, it, it McDonough just that whole play was just unreal. It was a stupid pass by the defenseman Montreal. I mean, I get what he was trying to do, but McDonough as a whole year just ran the whole play. He had an unreal entry in, gets the puck, throws it back behind, him, behind himself right to the slot. Goudreau buries it. There's nothing Price could do. To that whole play was sweet. It was sweet. Yeah. I mean, he gets the save on Coleman, who shoots from the right side. And, at, you know, if you're Price and you see McDonough right in front of the net with about to get the puck, you got to assume he's taking that shot. Got to play the shooter. Yeah. So the pass is just was the perfect thing to do in that situation. And it just another situation where you go, man, that sucks for Price. His his defense is really letting him down this series. And I really wish they would have done it with Vegas, but they do it against the Lightning. So <clears throat> I also don't think anybody on the Knights would have made that pass. I think that anybody had I think some players have the ability, but they don't have the no one ever I no one would do it. <laughs> Alex Tuck would. Dude that twenty eighteen team would. They did that crap all the time against Washington. That's fair. In the finals, <laughs> not in this, uh, not in this series though. Anyway, let's let's get back to Lightning Canadians. I talked too much about the Golden Knights. <laughs> Here's another uh, Canadians goal. Evan sends the puck to the point where uh, Romanov takes a wrister and it just goes top right. And there's a screen in front of uh, Vasilevsky from Lekkinen. But I mean, it's it's not anything too amazing. But it was a nice shot and a good screen. I mean, not much to talk about. Yeah, that was like I couldn't believe that went in because I haven't seen Vasilevsky really give up many goals like that in this series except for the well, I can't even compare the two. The backhander that was like skipping its way to the net it looked like the puck with feet in game one or it was a game two, sorry. But yeah. yeah, it's dude, that was that was a big goal for Montreal. It's what they needed. It was what they needed. And yet again, the Lightning will not go to bed without a fight. Johnson. We're saying a name, his name a lot in this uh, in this series. He seems to be picking it up. Uh, he gets the loose puck in the middle of the ice and skates to the left side of the net, and he just sends an absolute beauty of a backdoor pass to Maroon, who just puts it in the net. No, it was uh, it was Joseph. Was it Joseph? Matthew right Joseph. It was Matthew Joseph. I've done that twice, dude. I'm fucking up. Yeah, where are you it's doing, not, buddy? It's not very often that I fuck this up. What the heck? I'm sorry. I didn't know I was it's stupid. I remember that play just from watching last night. It was a great pass. That was your that was their fourth line just getting it done. It was Joseph Johnson was a, was the third was a tertiary assist. I must yeah. have just whatever. I'm messing it up today. Anyway, you're good. You're good. Joseph gets the loose puck and skates left side, sends it back to the maroon. Who puts it in the net? Perfect. Got it fixed. <laughs> Uh, and that's the last goal of the third period. And we it's very important to mention that the Lightning have the power play going into OT. Because that is, I mean, that is the matchup that people have been talking about for this series. Is the the Lightning power play versus the, the Canadians. PK. Yeah, they're PK. And so you, and the PK do their thing. Mainly Price. I watched that whole thing. Price made a lot of saves during that penalty kill. Price stepped up. He made a lot of good saves. So yeah, snaps out. And Montreal, Montreal almost scored a, a shorthanded goal on that yes, too. He did. Um, Vasilevsky made a big save. 
And that was when overtime started, I believe. And that was, dude, that was a crazy power play. I thought we were about to see someone waste the cup because it was a four minute because he, he cut uh, Palat's nose open. Yeah. Uh, Shea Weber did. So it was, it was, uh, that's the scariest team to ever give a power play to. And uh, Montreal were able to kill it off. And an OT. I mean, the penalty didn't happen in OT, but they go into it with, with plenty yeah. of time. Like three minutes and 20 seconds left, I believe. Yeah, so they had plenty of time on the power play in OT, and the Canadians hold on, and Anderson, the fucking clutch motherfucker, steals the puck and goes up the left side and just uses his speed. He gets he just bolts down the side of the ice. He goes down, and he gets a fucking... He, he, this this whole play was insane. So he's trying to get the puck to Caulfield, who's in the front, and he kind of whiffs on the puck. But then he takes another. He just takes that second chance, and just barely gets it and sends it up to Caulfield. And Caulfield takes a shot on net, and it misses, and it deflects off of a Lightning player to the left side where Anderson was. And Anderson came back to the net, dives, and whacks the puck in to get the OT winner. It was insane. Dude, that was the best game I've seen so far in the final. I hope to, I hope tomorrow night's is the same way. Um, Absolutely. What a what a game, dude. Um, Anderson, like I said, that line, they were buzzing that game. If they can just keep it up, they're going to make it a lot more difficult for uh, Tampa Bay to, to just, you know, walk all over them and, and, and clinch a series tomorrow night. So, you know, they need more guys to step up. You know, they need they need some more of our – of their offense to get going. They definitely need their defense to start making better decisions, um, not get caught on those fast breaks. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, dude. I'm really excited. Yeah, it's – I hope it's good. That's the thing. I want to say it's going to be good, but I don't know. I just hope it is. I hope the Canadians win and we get a game six at least. Yes, me We're too. going one game at a time. <clears throat> We're not hoping for game seven. We're hoping for at least a game six. <laughs> We want we want point, one yes. more game of hockey at least. This is I don't want I don't want a last hockey game of the season. Just keep going. Make it make it to best of like thirty six, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> that math doesn't work out. I don't think can, I don't think you could do a best. Can you do a best thirty six? That's an even number. I, I don't. Think That's so. an even number. No. Best of thirty five. Whatever. I don't know what the there's a number for it. Whatever it is, just make it any number. odd. It's any odd number. <laughs> yeah. Just do that until we get to next until next season rolls around, and then you can play your final game, and then we'll roll right into to preseason. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about point leaders. Uh, God damn it, dude! You want to guess what team has the top five in points for the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs? Gee, I wonder. I bet it's the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Yep, it is the Lightning. Let's go through it. Kucherov with thirty-two points. Point with 23, Stamkos with 18, Hedman with 18, then Kalorn with 17. And then our sixth person is a Canadian. It's Nick Suzuki. And, I mean, from all the craziness that's going on with Canadians and how and they're behind right now, congratulations to Nick Suzuki for actually playing so well in these playoffs. Yeah, dude, he's been a monster. He's been a great player, and it makes me really sad that we don't have him anymore. I remember when that trade happened, and I immediately was like, "No, man, I like I I like Suzuki." I was really sad about it, and now I'm like mega sad. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, he's he's a special player. I really have enjoyed watching him. He's on a three game point streak, by the way. He's a monster. Yep. 
He's playing very, very well. Goal leaders, you still got Braden Point at the top with 14. Uh, Kucherov makes his way up with 8. Stamkos with 8. And I still include this because it's still insane to me. Nathan McKinnon and Brad Marchand, both with 8. They are tied for second in goals, and it's the Stanley Cup Final. And McKinnon's been out since round 2, and I think the same with Marchand. Yeah, um... I must say, Braden Point, I'm a, I'm a little shocked that he has not scored in this series. He actually hasn't had a point in the last three games. He got three um, points it, in the first game, three assists in the first game. And then, I guess yeah, and he had none since. Uh, Kucherov has three goals in the series. Stamkos has not been doing as much as you'd think. Well, you figured that was... One the, point. One point, and he has one goal in that first series. You in that first was, game, I'm sorry. You figure it was the Canadian strategy. To go after point and try to make sure he doesn't get goals, go after their top players and just try to hold them down. And and that's the thing is that the Lightning have depth and a lot of these guys can score. As you can see, there's so many in the top. So many the top five are all Lightning players. Anybody on their team can score. And that's the thing. That's why it makes it so difficult to get played against the Lightning. You can't just shut down the top players like you do with the Knights, like what you can do with the Avalanche. You have to shut down their entire team. Everyone has to be playing at their best to beat the to beat the Lightning, and it's going to be really hard for the Canadians to do it. I agree, man. I I agree. Um, another interesting fact, just so you know, uh, Blake Coleman has a point in every game in this series so far. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, man's is, that man's working, man. Yeah, he's playing very very well. Uh, another shout out to Nick Suzuki. He's he's in just the top six everywhere. Uh, he's the sixth on the goal leaderboard with seven. Uh, maybe we'll maybe he'll maybe he'll move up. We'll see. We'll see tomorrow. Then we have our assist leaders: Kucherov, Hedman, uh, Carlson's still there. I like to include him just because he's my guy. He's the only guy I had. <laughs> so Carlson's still up there. Then you have Stamkos with ten, and I wrote Stamkos twice. I don't know why. Who was the other guy? I think it was Hedman. No, not Hedman. Hedman's already there. Point, Kalorn, Suzuki, Tafoli all have nine. Cernak has nine. Palat has eight. Assists? Yeah. Who? Uh, I don't know what that was. I guess I messed that up. So let's just say Braden Point and Alex Kalorn both have nine. And Nick Suzuki has nine. And Tyler Foley has nine. Wow, we're just going real deep. <laughs> and Cernak. And Cernak has nine. Oh, he does. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot. Okay. Anyway, a lot of assists going on. A lot of assists going around. Let's take a look at save percentage. We go. We went ahead and just compared the two goalies, and didn't. I didn't want to. We didn't want to bring up the other ones. So Vasilevsky is leading in save percentage with a point nine. <clears throat> Three five, yeah, with a point nine three five. Sorry, I was, I was losing my mind for a second. Vasilevsky is leading in save percentage with point point nine three five. Carey Price is a point nine two two. So mm-hmm. Carey Price has gone down a little bit, but I mean that can be as expe- that can be expected when you're going against the best offense in the NHL. Besides, I don't know, like Nathan McKinnon and Leon Dreisaitl. Not Nathan yeah. McKinnon, fucking. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, other yeah, than, and other than those two, that's this is the best offense in the league. And um, yeah, I think it shows. I mean, when you look at both these goalies, 
and I know we're going to get the goals against or whatever after, but Vasilevsky last game, 850% was, or it was like 857 with the save percentage. First time they won a game. Before that, he had like a 940, 970 in those other, in the first three. In the first three for Carey Price, he had 815, 870, 828. And then in game four, he had a 941 save percentage. So right now it looks like, you know, if, if, if these goalies, you know, if it's somehow can, uh, they can switch places like in game four. This series could take a turn. It could I really think take it a turn. Really is on the Canadians defense to help Price with the rebounds. And yeah, obviously you don't want Price to give up rebounds, but I mean it's fucking hockey. So, no, I mean rushes and everything, dude. They're just leaving guys like wide open. Defense needs to step up. Yeah, I know it's 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 hard that's a hard ask against the lightning but it's what needs to be done in order for the, but it's not like stuff where like a guy makes a gross move and scores it's like right it's oh stuff there's a two on oh because you're going for a change and the other defenseman's running all the way up the ice like doing yeah. nothing effective up there and then all of a sudden you know it's a two on oh or breakaway or whatever it may be i mean they just have given them chances night in and night out besides game four so need the defense to step up it's the main thing for for the Canadians because their offense, it's not their offense hasn't been great, but they haven't been horrible either. I mean, they, at least they're scoring something every game. They haven't been shut out, I don't think, right? No. Yeah, they haven't been shut out. They've gotten one goal, three goals, and three goals. So, oh, and one. So they've got one, one, three, three. So the offense have figured it out in game three and four. It's the defense that needs to pick it up and keep the game close. Low scoring for Montreal. That's what they need. Uh, you're exactly right. Speaking of low scoring, we have our goals against average. Vasilevsky's at a 1.99. Carey Price is at a 2.34. Dude, Vasilevsky could steal the Smythe. He has been a rock. Dude, he's been unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, it's clear that that the Canadians are able to stop their top the the top guys. For the Lightning. Not all the way, but they've definitely slowed them down more than I think uh, some other teams. No, they definitely have. They played spectacular against them. Um, I mean, Palat and, and Coleman have been two of the best players for Tampa in this series. Yeah, um, and Johnson and, and Yeah, Joseph. Johnson. Yeah. I read their names and, a bunch. Yeah, and and that's the thing is, is, is they're getting the secondary scoring, which is what I think a lot of teams would like you'd be afraid of. But when their top guys aren't even scoring that much, you're just like, uh oh. Like, especially in the recent games, I should say, like, what's going on here, Montreal? Like, clearly, when you shut down their top guys and you're playing well defensively, you know, you're defensively sound. They won. They win game four. So, it's um, it's quite interesting to watch. To be honest with you. Yeah. We're gonna go ahead and uh, wrap it up here. We're gonna do one last thing before we wrap it up. We've been going on for a little bit longer than normal. Uh, we want to give a shout out to a couple of RMU women's hockey players who were drafted by the w, uh, NWHL and it, and kind of shove it in the face of Dr. Howard, how big of a mistake he's made, and also shout out to these these women who are just fantastic hockey players. So Yeah, no, it was awesome. Round one, second overall pick, Emily Harley, 
defense defensive lady. Uh, what's it? Uh, is she a defenseman? Is that? I don't know. Uh, just call her a defenseman. It doesn't matter. <laughs> defensive lady. All right. Yeah. I'm never going to say that, that again. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. Never say yeah, that yeah. again. I'm never going to say that again. That was horrible. Sorry, Emily. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I got to apologize. That was brutal. The second one wrong. Emily Harley, defenseman, great athlete. Uh, wasn't she the leader in like block shots like throughout her career at RMU? I'm thinking, I am I thinking about the right one? Or is this some, I don't think so. Else? I don't she's think obviously so. a stud if she's taking Yeah, she got drafted. I, I don't really know a lot of their, their stats, if I must be honest with you. But, yeah, I mean, she's she's a good player. So, clearly, go second overall um, in the draft. So, then on this, all right, congratulations, Emily. Keep fucking rocking. Uh, apparently, yeah. I'm not going to watch some, uh, some women's hockey. Lady. Defensive lady. Jesus Christ, man. That's just incredible. Defensive lady. You thought far too much into that. Great term. (laughs) No, that's a terrible term. Uh, In the second round, seventh overall. Uh, you got Angelica. Bro, say her last name. I fuck I keep fucking it up. Uh Diffendall. Thank you, Diffendall. Angelica Diffendall. Forward. I don't there's no man in that term, so I don't have to say forward lady. <laughs> but also, um, also offense, drafted, offensive woman, <laughs> offensive woman. <laughs> no. uh, another RMU, another RMU uh, women's hockey player, another stud. Glad to see you got drafted, and uh, our third lady, lady. God, I can't say that word now. I'm just yeah, just, just don't say it. Just yeah. don't say it. You're messing me up. <laughs> <laughs> I have to mute myself. <laughs> another note. Uh, both the uh, the first two women we'll go with uh, were both drafted by the Buttes, so they're yes. on the same team. Which I actually that's pretty awesome, and it's a forward and a defenseman. So yeah, it's got to be nice. I mean, you know, someone you know going into you know a league and a team where you're not very familiar with. So that's got to be it's got to be pretty comforting, I guess. Oh, uh, why do I, why am I bl- blanking on to say it's Leah? I assume Leah mm-hmm. Marino. Third yeah, you round, sixteenth right. overall. Another RMU woman, another RMU women's hockey player, getting drafted. Another <laughs> stud. I mean, this is like I said. This is a shout out to you, to you girls, for being great hockey players and and getting drafted. Congratulations! That's amazing. That's better than anything I'll ever do. And shout also, Doctor Howard being a joke. Exactly. It's it's just it's a nice little cherry on top of the hey. What the fuck are you all even doing over there? <laughs> yeah, like, clearly, you so have funny. amazing athletes on your on your hockey teams, and at least eh, definitely on your women's team. Yeah, I mean, I got the I got the proof right here. So another another blunder thrown in uh, Doctor Howard's face, and I kind of want to keep seeing it happen. Uh, you're gonna it. continue to see it, man. It. So congratulations, uh, ladies, <laughs> on on being drafted. Uh, I hope the best for you. Uh, I, it seems like I'm going to watch some uh, some Butte hockey and some and some uh, Toronto Six hockey. And yeah. that's 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 the podcast today. I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, it. I would actually yeah. like to give one quick shout out. Um, I think it was Fourth of July, um, or maybe it was July third at night. Matisse. Kiv Lenix, I believe how you say his name. People call him Kivy on Twitter. 
passed away at the age of 24, Blue Jackets goalie. Oh, yeah. Apparently, the, uh, uh, yeah, that's there's a fire firework. Yeah, firework accident. Um, I guess the firework tipped over. Uh, him and his buddies, I guess, trying to get out of their hot tub to you know run away from it. He slipped, fell, hit his head. But after the autopsy, he found there was something to do with like his chest. Um, I don't know everything on it. If you're someone who, I guess, wants to read up on something like that, be my guest. I typically don't because that stuff is, to me, just really depressing. So, um, But, yeah, shout out to him. Rest in peace and for his family and friends. And, you know, it's got to be tough. He's a very young guy. He's 24 years old. So, Very unfortunate. Thank you for mentioning it. I forgot to mention it. Yeah. Um, unfortunate. I mean, there's not much else to say. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, sorry to leave gonna, you guys on such a bad note, but now um, I gotta shell out our podcast, and I gotta fucking <laughs> sell out, like, comment, well, subscribe, all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, guys, just enjoy Game Five. You know, stuff like that happens, unfortunately, all the time. Um, but you know, try to kick back tomorrow, enjoy Game Five, and let's hope that we're, you know, we'll see a Game Six and Game Seven. Um, I don't really care who wins the series. I just want to see more hockey. So let's see a price. Give us everything you got, buddy. Canadians, give us all you got. Yeah. All right. Stay happy and healthy.